Glory, 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 glory. Welcome to another episode of Grace and Faith Podcast. I trust that you're doing well. Thank you for joining in. I pray that as we look into God's Word, that our eyes of understanding are enlightened, our minds are renewed, and our lives are transformed. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to continue the Made Man series. So in today's episode, I'm looking at a topic, Made Righteous. Made Righteous. We have established how that every believer is a made man in Christ Jesus. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. In the Good News Bible says, God has made us what we are. So we know that God has made us into whatever we are in Christ Jesus. And God definitely did a good job. Praise God. God did a good job. So we're looking at made righteous. And I want to read from 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. It says, for he had made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. For he, that he there is God, God had made him, the him there is Jesus. For God had made Jesus to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him, in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So God made Jesus to be sin for us. For what purpose? So that we will become the righteousness of God in him. How did God do this? Isaiah chapter 53. Isaiah prophesied this long before it happened. Isaiah 53 verse 5 and verse 6. It says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with the stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have thrown everyone to his own way. And this last part says, And the Lord had laid on him the iniquity of his hall. Praise God. God laid the iniquity of us all on Jesus. God made him to be sin for us. How? By putting the sin of the whole world upon him. That was what Jesus was talking about when he was praying in the garden of Gethsemane that if it be that I will let this cup pass over me. It wasn't about the, the flogging from the Roman soldiers. It wasn't about carrying the physical cross that, those things weren't the big deal. Those things weren't the big deal. The big deal was the fact that God was going to place the iniquity of the old world upon him. Upon him. It was judgment coming upon Jesus. Remember when John the Baptist saw him coming to be baptized by water? John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, the old world. God was going to judge one man for the sin of the whole world. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. 
for the sin of the whole world. We couldn't do it by ourselves. The point is that we were sinners. We had sin. So we couldn't redeem ourselves. It took a man, Christ Jesus, without sin, without guilt, nothing in him could have made him sin. Nothing, nothing, nothing in him had sin. God had to place a sin of the whole world upon him. And by so doing, why did God do that? So that we all can be made righteous. Praise God. So Jesus hung on the cross. He bore the sins of the whole mankind. Not just for believers. For the whole world. Why did God make him sin for us? So that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. That means the death of Jesus qualified every man to be made righteous. The death of Jesus qualified every man to be made righteous. How will it happen? Paul explained. Romans chapter 10. Romans 10, 9 and 10. He says that if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God had raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. He says, For with the heart man believe unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So by believing in Jesus, a sinful man is now made righteous. Now, this is not just believing in his death. He said, You shall believe that God raised him from the dead. This is important. You need to believe in the resurrection of Jesus. Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 17, If Christ had not been raised from the dead, then we are yet in our sins. So the moment a man believed in the gospel, the moment the man believed in Jesus, he became the righteousness of God in Christ. God, the judge of all, declared that man righteous. To be declared righteous is to be justified. Praise God. To be declared righteous is to be justified. Romans chapter 4, verse 23. It says, Who was delivered up for our offenses and was raised for her justification? Praise God. Then the chapter 5, verse 1 now says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So a believer is justified. A believer has been made righteous. To be justified means to be free from sin and guilt. You have been declared free from sin and from guilt. Praise God. You know, it was E.W. Kenyon that said, Righteousness is the ability to stand before God without a sense of guilt, shame, or inferiority complex. I love that. It's the ability to stand before God without a sense of guilt, shame, or inferiority complex. Remember, this does not have anything to do with you. It was what God did through, through Christ and in Christ. And we are beneficiaries because we have believed. It is not of yourself. Lest any man should boast. It is not of yourself. Not of works. This righteousness is by faith in Christ Jesus. So we are made righteous 
because we have believed. So if someone comes to you and says, are, are you righteous? Yes, you are. You don't have to second guess it. You don't have to think about it. How did you become righteous? I have believed in Jesus. Jesus paid for my sins. He died in my place and arose a hope for my justification. Glory to God. So you are made righteous by believing in Jesus. God has made you righteous. You know, someone else said that righteousness is having a right standing with God. Hi. Having a right standing with God. Like you and God can have a relationship without any problem. Why? Because you are righteous. Because you are righteous. You must have that sense or that consciousness of the fact that you are righteous. You must not let sin cloud your mind. Now, does that mean uh, because you're righteous, you don't sin or anything? No. Look at 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. This was John. He said, My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. We shouldn't make an habit of sin. We shouldn't live in sin. We shouldn't commit sin. But it says, And if anyone sins, he says, we have an advocate with the Father. He now said, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he himself, look at what John pointed to, is the propitiation. That word propitiation is the sacrifice for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the whole world. So we have a right standing with God based on what Jesus has done. We have been made righteous based on what Jesus has done. And that gives us a confidence to stand before God. It gives us confidence even in the place of prayer. Remember in James chapter 5, verse 16. James chapter 5, verse 16. James speaking, he says, The effective, I'm reading the B part, the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. That is talking about you. That your prayer avails much. In fact, the Amplified puts it this way. It says, The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. So that means when you pray, your prayer as a righteous man makes power available. Remember, it is not of works. It is not of yourself. It is based on what Jesus has done. So you stand to pray as a righteous man. And you know that God hears you. The Bible says that the, the ears of the Lord are open to the righteous. That's talking about you. God's ears are always open to your prayers. So at no point will you pray as a believer and God will not hear you. Ah, did you get that? At no point will you pray. As the righteousness of God that you are. And God will not hear. He will. Praise God. Why? Because you have been made righteous. He himself declared you righteous. He himself made you righteous. You are God's made man. Hallelujah. So a believer is righteous. A believer is justified. Because of what Jesus has done. So a believer should not say, my righteousness is like a filthy rag. 
It's an insult on the work of Christ. In fact, not only that, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 30. 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 30. Bible says that, But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. That means Jesus Christ is our righteousness. So when a believer says something like, Ah, my righteousness is like a filthy rack. You are insulting Christ because Christ is your righteousness. Hallelujah. So we shouldn't say that our righteousness is like a filthy rack. No, your righteousness is not a filthy rack. Your righteousness is Christ himself. Remember, all things are passed away. All things are passed away. When you were not born again, yes, your righteousness is as a filthy rag. But now that you are born again, behold, all things have become new. And so your righteousness right now, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. Your righteousness right now is Christ himself. So we have that righteousness consciousness as a believer. And so we talk to God as our father. Praise God. You know, is this is the lack of this um, sense of righteousness, having this consciousness of righteousness, that will make believers to want to pray, and then they'll be praying the God of a so-so-so name. Maybe the God of their pastor's name, the God of somebody that they believe in or they're looking up to in the faith. They'll say the God of this person. Huh? We have not so learned so in the Bible. We have not learned that in the Bible. Yeah, in the whole testament. You will find them saying God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob. But do you know one thing that is interesting? If you come to the New Testament, apart from Luke, every other writer, they were Jews. The most the writers of the epistles. Paul was an Israelite, a Jew. John, an Israelite, a Jew. Peter, an Israelite, a Jew. The writer of Hebrew as well. James as well. But did you know that none of these guys ever talked about God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob. They never referred to God like that. They simply said God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. Remember when Jesus met Mary before he ascended to heaven, after he rose up from the dead? He told Mary, he said, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father. He said, But go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father and your Father my God and your God. So we don't say the God of somebody else. He is your God. He is your own father. I like Paul. That's why when Paul was praying for the Philippians, he said, and my God shall supply such confidence. And he's not saying that because he was an apostle. He's saying that because he knows that God is his God and his father. That's why the Bible says that, and we have received the spirit of sonship, whereby we cry out, Abba, Father. You know, God does not have grandsons. We are all sons of God. Praise God. So the same access anyone has to God is the same access you as a believer has to God. Nobody has a better standing with God than the other as a believer. Where we differ is in our knowledge. Some have come to know their rights and privileges in Christ. And so they are able to talk to God as their father and as their God and they get results. 
And there is another believer who is here to come to that knowledge and understanding. But the point is this. Both of them, the one that has come to know and the one that is here to know, they have equal standing before God, which has been made possible by the sacrifice of Jesus. We have all been made righteous as believers in Christ. He has made us so. Such confidence we have. So we don't go and say, God of somebody. No, he's my God. Ha ha, glory to God. He is my God. He is my Father. I am his righteousness. He is my righteousness. How? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory, 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 glory. He is my righteousness. I am his righteousness. We walk with such confidence in our relationship with him. We are bold. That is why in that first Corinthians 1, that we read now, that say that in, uh, Christ has become to us our righteousness. The verse 31 says, 1 Corinthians 1, 31, that as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. Another version says, let him boast in the Lord. So we can boast of the fact that God has made us righteous. So when people are saying, ah, hey, nobody's righteous, I'm like, no, 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 I'm here. <laughs> when they say nobody's righteous, I will look at and say, I'm here, I'm righteous. Uh, hmm, don't know, nobody's righteous. Uh, sorry, you can say you are not righteous, but I am righteous. Why? I have believed in Jesus. He is my righteousness, and I am the righteousness of God in him. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Are you grateful to God for what he has made you to be? Are you grateful to God that he has made you his own righteousness, putting you to have a right standing with him, that you can stand before him without any sense of guilt, shame, or inferiority complex? All because of what Jesus has done for us. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory, 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 glory. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Awesome. Let's call it a day or a night, depending on what time you're listening. I believe you have been blessed by God's word. Thank God for his spirit and thank God for his word. It's a good episode to share with another believer and strengthen their work of faith as well. Thank you for listening in. Let's catch up again next week, Sunday. Cheers.